welcome to Hive Mind. I'm Meg. I'm here on another freaking snowy day. Yep. With Eli McCann. We had a couple of warm days. We had a brief paradisical. <laughs> um, we lived in paradisical glory for two days. And then it's snowing again. Uh, I went biking uh, up the canyon over the weekend and it was flood city because it was warm. Yeah. 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 Anyway, this is, this is, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about media in its various forms. So Eli, tell me, what have you been watching? I'm going to start with something I just started listening to. Okay. Um, that's kind of a fun podcast uh, that was recommended to me. It's called Sentimental Garbage. Have you ever heard of this? <laughs> no. Sounds great though. Um, I'm trying to find the name of the host because I feel bad that I, Carolyn O'Donohue, she's um, Irish and like, all of her guests on each episode are like Irish or British, so it's got That's kind of fun. kind of got kind of hearty Irish feel. And yeah. <clears throat> the 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 podcast is so fun. Every episode, they take a piece of pop culture uh, that a lot of people really love. Their their tagline is like, "We talk about pop culture that we love, but society tries to make us feel bad about." Okay. So, like, I don't know if they've done an episode on this, but, like, an example might be The Bachelor. Like, okay. we love The Bachelor. And what they do is they they talk through, like, this is what the thing is. This is why people like it. Here's some, like, history on it. Here's why society has, like, turned on it and been, like, if you like this, you're simple or you're bad. Yeah. Um, here's Britney Spears. Britney Spears. Perfect example. This is why you know, society has some fair points and this is why society is not fair. And in the end, if you like it, you like it. And it's got kind of this fun vibe. It's educational in terms of like, I'm learning a lot about like pieces of media. So like they did an episode on Evanescence. Oh, yeah. So they like, went back and they're like, people like started making fun of Evanescence, but this is why people liked it. And this is where the band came from. Um, they did a long episode about Taylor Swift, which was really interesting. And like one of them was kind of a Swifty and the other was like, eh, you know, but like they kind of talk through like this is Taylor Swift's history. This is why people made fun of her out the gate. Yeah. And like why society thought she was like cheesy. And <clears throat> I finally had a personal revelation about Taylor Swift today. Uh huh. Taylor Swift is my little Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm Ben Wyatt and everyone else freaking loves little Sebastian. Yeah. And I'm like not mad. Mm -hmm. at them or Lil Sebastian. I just don't quite get it. Yeah. And I would like to get it. Yeah. I'm just, I don't. What, what was interesting in the episode I listened to is they talked through how when Taylor Swift entered the scene, um, she was, she was really young. Yeah. She had kind of this fairy tale princess vibe about her yes. that felt really cheesy and earnest yes. and was easy to make fun of. She was also extremely awkward. So like she'd go to interviews and she was just like so awkward and yeah, so, yeah, so odd. But teenage girls loved her because she wrote songs that were like, Here's something that people make fun of you teenage girls about having an emotion about, but I'm like validating yeah. you. So like your two week boyfriend in middle school and you you're heartbroken about it, like that's valid. Yeah. And so teenage girls like feel feel loyal to her for you know a decade now because they're like she was the one person who was like you're <laughs> you <understood> valid. <laughs> yeah, and and they talk about it and like I'm not a I'm not a Swifty as we've discussed at <laughs> yeah. length. Um, I I really like. I'm allergic to all of her early music. Like it, it's, I'm so sorry. Come after me. Don't come after Meg. 
nails on a chalkboard to me, her early stuff. <laughs> please don't um, DM me, please. Her, her more recent stuff, I'm not choosing to listen to it on my own, but like I enjoy it a lot more. And like when Skylar plays it in the house, I'm like, I'm fine with this. Like there's <laughs> the vibes are good. But so the the episode they talk about like today's Taylor Swift, if that's who entered the scene, we would all like America would have a much different relationship with her. Yeah, it would be more like Lana Del Rey. Or, yeah, you know. it would be kind of more cool, like this like nice vibe. But we all have like this early baggage. Yeah. And so if you were a huge fan back in that day, you're in, intensely loyal to her. <laughs> yeah. And if you were and like defensive and her. defensive and if you were rolling your eyes about her back in the day, then today it's still it like might be harder to get on board. Yeah. And so I think that's why you're a little Sebastian. <laughs> and I, I do think that's maybe part of it is because I'm just about like four years too old to have had her music mm. resonate with me. Yeah. I was in college <laughs> when... He wears short shorts. I wear t-shirts. Yeah. You know, it was like, and I was never mad about it. I just didn't get it. Yeah, so. yeah. So it, it's funny, but so sentimental garbage. I recommend it. Uh, I Survivor were approaching the mid por portion of the season. Still great. Good. Um, I, I'm enjoying it. If anybody out there is listening to this and you're a Survivor fan, tweet at me. Let me know what you're thinking about this season because I think we're recovering. I think we're in recovery. That is such good news for you. I'm so happy to hear that. We just started, I think, season four of Gilmore Girls. Okay. Meg, this, this show. Yale. Yeah. This Go show takes a long time to get through. Yeah. That's not a complaint, by the way. That's not yeah. a complaint. Yeah. It's, it's an a, observation. It's a good amount of time that you'll be spending. It, yeah. because um, How did you feel about the end of season three? How does it end again? Oh, my gosh. I, it, honestly, it's, uh, it's blurring together you know for what? me. Season three, she's still in high school. It's the end of season four I'm thinking about. I was going to say, yeah, because I don't. Yeah. Okay. Never she's mind. Still trying to get. To we'll the talk college. again when you get to the end of season four. Do you have you have strong opinions? about Oh, it? everybody has strong opinions about the end of season four. Oh, yeah. Hurry. Hurry up. OK, we'll probably get there in four or five years. <laughs> yeah. There are just so many episodes. But aren't they great? Yeah. It's you know what? It's a vibe. I, I will still say this this show is not it's not my show. Like sure. this isn't something that I'm probably gonna like rewatch in the future, but it's really pleasant to just you, turn on. I promise you'll rewatch it in the you theater. You think so? It's gonna be next year. It's gonna be like October, November. You're Another gonna be pandemic like, I just will feel start. Like I need something kind of cozy. And you'll be like, maybe just like an episode or two or Gilmore Girls. And then before you know it, you'll have spent six months on a rewatch. Interesting. It's not, it's not a bad thing. Okay. Um, that, I think, is all I'm lis listening and watching Great. right now. What about you? Okay, so I went to um, the Big Apple. The <gasps> yes. Broadway. Wow. The theater. Mm -hmm. And I was with an 11-year-old. So we saw two, like, what I thought would probably be shows an 11-year-old would enjoy. Okay. And the first was Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Yes. How was it? Okay. I went in with low expectations of this. I'm surprised you had low expectations, honestly. I really hadn't heard anything about this other than Emily, uh, uh -huh. you know, other co-host of Hive Mind, said that she'd heard good things and her niece had really liked it. And I was like, great. I just want to show that I won't be bored. In. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know much beyond that. This is, first of all, it's not a musical. Right. Um, it's just like a straight up play. The way they do the effects is so, so cool. Um, and from what I understand is it's this Japanese form of 
whatever of kind of like ninja art mm. where they have people all in black who are moving the other characters around on the stage so like when a character is levitating he's being held up by other people but you can't see the people holding him up you can't so, see them at all no and there's like no ropes so it truly looks like there's levitating there's like steam coming out of ears. Wait, how do they how do they achieve that effect like they're just blending in with the background so they darken the light so there's like just a spotlight on the character and then the people behind them are like hoisting them up okay every once in a while you can like kind of see a hand moving um there's like fire coming out of wands it's really really cool the story is a little did you ever read it no it's yeah it's bad i think that (laughs) and i do think that every play is about an hour too long Mm -hmm. like after intermission they like spoiler alert go back in time again i'm like no we don't yeah. you don't need you don't need this yeah you definitely don't need this but it was cool to see more of the effects yeah so for that reason alone i loved it uh-huh. and then we saw wicked um, yes cool which i'm an idiot when i bought the tickets and i didn't realize what i was doing so we had like we were very front road off to the side so mm-hmm. it was like almost partial view we could like see them spit while they were singing. <sighs> I saw a flying monkey changing backstage. Like we kept accidentally making eye contact with the actors. Still great though. Yeah. Still awesome. Yeah. Still an hour too long, but whatever. Like we could cut a couple songs. Uh-huh. Alphabet doesn't need all of those solos, gotcha. but it was really entertaining and Ivy loved it. She loved both of them. She loved both of them. So the reason why I'm surprised about the Cursed Child that you went in with low expectations is all I've heard for years about it is that the production is incredible. Yeah. And people are just like, it like feels like you're seeing actual magic happen on stage. It does. It really does. And like story be damned, like it doesn't yeah. matter. Like it's just a cool spectacle. And and I know it's been wildly popular yeah. And so I've like been interested to see it, but I I never have. You should go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I guess I'm just like not tuned in to theater world at all because okay. I was like, oh, I didn't even know there was a Harry Potter play. Okay. So, um, and then you know I had the chance to sit and watch some things on a plane. Yes. So I watched the entire Stanley Tucci in Italy series that CNN did. Oh. It's Stanley Tucci discovers like Italian cuisine. It's great. I did get a little tired of Stanley Tucci by the end of it, which I didn't think was possible. I didn't either. Yeah, but he's a little hoity-toity in this. Oh, well, he's hoity-toity generally. If you ever yeah. watch like his Instagram videos. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I was like, all right, take it down a notch, Stanley. Uh, there's this one episode where he meets this fisherman like Cuomo and, you know, there's a far right populist wing of politics in Italy like there is everywhere. everywhere. And this guy supports the politician whose name I don't remember. And Stanley like kind of corners him in this guy's house and is like, why do you support this politician? And I'm like, this guy's making you fish. Like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. And that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to watch you eat pasta. I'm not here yeah. to watch you argue, argue with this nice man who invited you into his home. <laughs> there were like some moments like that where I was like, all right, Stanley, like let's settle <laughs> that's down. not what this is for. But it was a good way to pass four hours. Um, they also have master classes available on Delta. And so I watched... Uh, Michelle, I think her name is Mashala Bailey, who won a James Beard Award for Southern Cooking. Okay. I watched her make gumbo and succotash and jambalaya. Oh, fun. It was really fun. Okay. And then I watched Nate Bar, is it Bargates? Bargazzi? I don't know. I don't know how you say his name, but oh. it's a stand-up special. Okay. And it was really funny. Okay. Um, then we watched Slow Horses on Apple Plus. Skyler and his mother watched that. Okay. I just cannot get invested in the show. It's like on 
and I'm kind of watching, but I'm yeah. also not really registering any of it. Okay. I want it to be better than it is, but I'm not not watching it. Yeah. Because we were like kind of in a dearth and didn't have anything else to watch. I was like, okay, fine, let's watch this. Uh huh. But I'm relieved we just finished the second season because I don't have to watch it anymore. Sky, Sky, and his mom, because his mom lives in Portland and he's in Salt Lake City, and so he will they watch it together oh, over Facetime. <laughs> that sounds awful, Meg. <laughs> that sounds awful. It. <laughs> Honestly, I like am about to go on like anti-anxiety medication just from being around when this happens. It is so stressful. His mother is like half blind and both of them, both of them are the kind of people when you watch something with them that are constantly like, what did she say? Who's that? You know, no, it's, but so those are fair questions. With yeah, this show. Really? I am also always asking, who is that? What did she say? <laughs> okay. And like, maybe I'm a mom, but it's like. I'm not quite following what's yeah. going on here. Do they like it though? Um, uh, I don't. I think Skyler's mom likes it, and he's more watching it to have something to do with his mom. Oh, okay, that's sweet. But I don't think he dislikes it. He's just kind of like apathetic about it. Okay. Yeah. Then last night we started Beef with Ali Wong and Steven Yoon. It's on hmm. Netflix. It's an A24 production. Oh, cool. Great. We're only one episode in, but I'm already like oh. in. I maybe this is ignorant. A24 does TV series as well. I yeah, I had no idea, but it's an oh. A24 production, and it cool. looks like an A24. Like it's very beautifully shot and like really cool interiors. What's and, it about? Um, it is about a road rage incident, um, that turns into a feud between Ali Wong and Steven Yeun. Ali Wong is like a very wealthy designer. Steven Yeun is like a, his parents are Korean immigrants that he's trying to support and mm. has like no money. Um, that's pretty much all we know so far. Okay, cool. But I'm really enjoying it. All right, I'll check and it out. And then we've mm. both been watching Succession. We're doing uh, three episodes into the, or what season are we on? Fifth? Yeah, the last season. Last season. Um, we were going to wait until the end of the season, but this was such a uh, explosive, explosive earth-shifting episode. We thought it would be good to talk about it. I started this episode. I turned to Steven, and I was like, I just don't want to hear any more about this Gojo deal. Like, I just don't care. Yeah. If this is what the season is, Yeah, I just am not interested in watching. Agreed. And joke was on me because, boy, did we pivot. We pivoted, and I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I... Last season, I uh, started to get kind of bored with this show. Yeah. And this season started, and it took me a while to even watch the first two episodes because I was just like, oh, I need to watch Succession. I need to see this through. Yeah. And I, I've, I have realized with this show that I get really confused with the business. Everybody does. Everybody does. And my recommendation, if you're going to watch Succession, is just... Don't don't try to follow the business happenings. It's <laughs> no. not worth it. Just like pay attention to the family dynamics. That's what's you know interesting. And so I was I'm with you. Those first two episodes, I was like, I'm entertained because I am just disengaging from what's happening with yeah. the business. But boy, episode three was a, one of the most incredibly written and acted pieces of television I have ever seen. Yeah. And it wasn't actually that complicated. No. Pretty straightforward. So the episode is called Connor's Wedding, and it is the day of Connor's wedding to Willa. They're getting married on a yacht. Um, so everyone has gathered except for Logan, who is on his way to Sweden. The to dad. Yeah. Matson, who is selling this Gojo. Irrelevant why he's on his way to Sweden. 
Um, so normal succession shenanigans ensue. Mm-hmm. Um, Connor is upset because they're serving the same kind of cake that he ate after his mom went to the loony bin, which was such a darkly funny thing mm-hmm. to include. Yeah. Um, Willa has decided she's okay marrying Connor, even though... It's just for money. Yeah, which, like, their conversation was pretty sweet, honestly. I, I honestly, um, Sky is in and out of this show, and yeah. he came in during this conversation because uh, they get to this point where he's like, um, you know, are you just marrying me for money? Is yeah. that it? And, like, obviously she is. Like, we all know that yeah. as viewers. That's very, very clear. And she doesn't lie to him about it, and she's like, look, money is a really important thing. The security is very attractive to me. I'm also happy. Yeah. And like, it's honest. And she's just like, that's it. And and he's just like, okay. You know, like yeah. it, it was, Sky, so Sky was like, I'm like really impressed with that like yeah. conversation, how it was written. Like, yeah, it's, it was and it, it like had me contemplating all relationships. Like, why is anyone marrying anyone? You yeah. know, like, isn't that part of everybody's? Yeah. Isn't marriage a financial agreement? You yeah. Know? Anyway, that's neither here nor there. So things are cousin Gregging is cousin Gregging. Tom is on the plane with Logan and Tom calls Kendall because he tried to call Shiv and she didn't answer. He called. No, he calls them Colkin. Oh, he brother. calls roman roman the... who previously had to fire jerry one of the many culkins yeah one of the many culkins mm-hmm. had to fire jerry left a voicemail angry with his dad because he made him fire jerry next thing he knows he gets this call from tom tom tells roman logan went in the bathroom passed out and now they're doing chest compressions mm-hmm. and we the viewer don't see logan at this point and we're like what's happening what's tom trying to pull off here like mm-hmm what what gambit is this and they continue talking and uh roman finds kendall they both get a chance to talk to logan you finally see logan they are doing chest compressions on him but the way they film it is really interesting you don't really see logan ever yeah you see the flight attendant doing the chest compressions on a body there's like one tiny shot where you see it from the top of his head and you're like, oh, wow, he really is on the floor. Mm-hmm. They really are doing chest compressions on him. Like you at the same time as Kendall and Roman are realizing this is real. Mm-hmm. And they're just holding the phone up to him and saying, we have no idea if he can hear you. But like this might be your last chance to say things to your dad. So if you have anything to say, here you go. And, and it's just sprung on them. Roman says he loves him. In a, in the most. So, I mean, the lead up to all of this is obviously the series is this these children having an these very entitled entitled awful spoiled selfish children having an extremely fraught relationship with their awful terrible terrible father um it, and all of these people suck yeah. like they suck <laughs> in the worst. worst way like if if you knew any of these people in real life you'd be like I can't wait for you to burn in hell. You know, like, they're just the worst. The last episode ended with Logan telling his children, you're not serious people. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's correct. Like, these are not serious people. You're a terrible man. And and to that, the last conversation they had with him in the prior episode is an extremely bitter conversation where he's sitting down with them and trying to persuade them to do, to, to agree with him. And they're all just saying the most awful things to him. And they're, 
they're rehashing all of their dirty laundry from their whole lives. And they're like, you're a bad father. We don't believe you like you suck, you know, whatever. And, and at the end of that, he's, he says, I love you guys, but you're not serious people. And then yeah. he gets up and leaves. And so they're now a few days later after that, getting this call, your dad is dying. And if you have anything to say to him, like, we'll hold the phone up to him, like, cause this might be your last chance. And so Roman gets on the phone and it's this like extremely jolted, like it's so well acted on all of their parts. Cause yeah. you see him, this rush of emotion running through him where he's like, the last thing I said to my dad was like really terrible. Um, also I am still really, really mad at him, but also like, I actually do love him, but also like, I I'm not ready to forgive him about things, but like, should that be my last conversation? And so he's like frantically walking back and forth and like starting and stopping sentences, but essentially being like, I, I love you. Uh, you're going to make it through, you know, and he's, yeah. they, and then he finally passes the phone to Kendall and they're both freaking out. And Kendall has the exact same kind of conversation. I can't forgive you, but I love you. I can't forgive you, but I love you. And you're going to be fine. You're, you're tough and you're, you're kind of an ass. Yeah. And, you know, and they're just like, it, you just see like, it's like this burst of emotion coming through them that they were not ready to process but they're suddenly being forced to yeah and then they go get shiv who has the same reaction same reaction very emotional and then they realize like we should probably tell connor who's always been this like left out poor duck of an older brother and they go get him and connor's reaction is damn he never liked me. Yeah, which like, is really heartbreaking. It's really heartbreaking. He's like, I, I was really hoping I'd get a chance to get him to finally like me. But like, now this is it, you know, and it's also Connor's wedding day and like all of that's going on. Um, I thought the most um, poignant moment was when Kendall goes outside and he calls his assistant, Jess, and he says, I need you to get the bet. I need you to get my doctor. I need you to get Logan's doctor. I need you. To get and they, they're pretty sure at this point, Logan has already Dead. died. Yeah. Um, they're still doing the compressions. His heart has stopped beating. Uh, but he's still just doing, he's trying to pull every lever he has available to him as one of the richest people in the world mm -hmm. to essentially bring his dad back to life. Mm -hmm. And I think it was such a, grief is just such a weird emotion. Like, I think it's the most raw emotion we have. And people truly, I don't know that anyone knows how to process grief, mm. especially when you first encounter it. And it's like you go through all the stages at once, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think they showed denial so well in this where they're like, are you sure he's dead? Like, are we sure he's dead? Yeah. Like Roman 20 minutes later is like, but we still don't know for sure that he's dead. You know, like they, his heart stopped beating and they mm -hmm. still just can't accept it. And they're frantic and they're crying, but they want to be supportive of their brother at his wedding. It's like all of these grief just put you in such a weird headspace mm -hmm. and roman says i'm so sad i mean i'm not sad right now i'm numb right now but theoretically i'm really sad and that yeah. to me i was like oh that's grief yeah like you hit a point in grief where you're like i don't feel anything yeah yeah i know later i'm gonna be really sad but right now i am just like hardly a human yeah like it was so well written really well written and what what's interesting is they th this is the entire episode is them just basically restating the same information over and over again for each other and having the same conversation, but it's not boring at all. Yeah. And it, it felt very real. And I kept thinking about in uh, 2021 when like both of my parents got COVID at the same time. And then suddenly my sister's calling us and like mom and dad were both just rushed to the hospital and in separate ambulances or whatever, you know, and it was like, 
my I have there are four kids in my family, just like this family. We're sort of the same age range, like mid thirties into like forties. Yeah. And it th this episode felt I mean, we're not billionaires and yeah. my siblings and I are not we don't suck. But <laughs> um, but like the way they were all reacting to real time, like cri family crisis yeah. with a parent felt I was like, this is what it looked like for us. Yeah. You know, and like everybody kind of taking on their different role and like frantically like trying to get more information from each other that nobody had and like well yeah. wait but no what are you talking about the you know chest compressions like what does that mean well i don't know i just mean that there's chest yeah. compressions walk me through walk it. Me exactly through. What, what are you seeing that and, and it was that like like my sister was at my parents house and she's like i just got them in an ambulance and like what ambulance who was there you know and like yeah. we're all like asking these like frantic questions you feel like the more you know the more control you have of yes. the situation yes and that it this felt so real to me and i was like yeah that is Whoever wrote this has been through this kind of thing with a parent, yeah. because that is what adult children trying to deal with a, a per, like a parent's um, medical emergency looks exactly like this, except that they happen to have a ton of money and they're on a yacht yeah, while but, it's happening. But <laughs> like, even with all their money, they couldn't stop it, right? No, yeah. Yeah. And like the show makes you think that Logan's going to be immortal because he has so much money yeah. and he always had to die. Yeah. Like the show started with like, Logan's going to die someday. Who gets all his money? Yeah. But they've spent all these seasons conditioning us to think like, oh no, this guy's never dying. Yeah. He's always going to be in charge. And then all of a sudden he's gone. Bam. It's so well done. Were you sad? Uh, yeah. Um, wasn't sad at I, all. I, I, I mean, I was sad. I thought it was sad that these kids have lived their lives in such a way that they ended up having to say goodbye to their dad with such um, baggage behind them that they're never going to be able to repair. Yeah. And like that did make me sad. And I, it, it was not no, I mean, they deserve, they've re, you know, they, the way their characters are written is they've reaped what they sowed, you know, but it like still is sad. Yeah. You know, and watching them kind of break down made me think about like my own life, right? And like, are there ways that I'm like treating people that I actually care about that if they were to die right now, I'd be like, what was I thinking? Like, yeah. why didn't I mend that fence? You know, and and um, I don't know. I I think maybe it just made me like reflective in that way. Mm. I just have seen so many people talking about how much they cried during the episode and how devastated they are. And I didn't feel that at all. Yeah. To me, it still felt like a dark comedy most of the episode. Well, Meg, I don't... I need you to, like, write a 10,000-word essay on what you think a dark comedy is because you think a lot of stuff is dark comedy that I'm like, what? <laughs> when Carrie comes to the back of the plane and Logan's team is trying to figure out how to write the press release. Pretty funny. And she's like, so do you want me here for that? And they're essentially yeah. like, no, go back in the other room with the dead body. Yeah, that yeah, That was yeah. pretty funny. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. I guess it didn't feel mostly like a dark comedy, but there were still dark comedy yeah. elements. Yeah, there. It, it is very rare that even like tragic pieces of media don't have jokes somewhere embedded yeah. in them right like yeah it, i just wasn't devastated the way a lot of people seem to have been i wasn't devastated either but it did make me sad like i was it, just because i felt like what they were showing was like real emotion that like yeah. i could relate to and I, it made me like sad that 
that like this is what families like go through you know and and saying goodbye to a parent is like hard for everybody and it just kind of made me reflective in that way that's fair where do you think they go from here um I was wondering if we find out soon that they've all been disinherited to some degree. Mm. Um, I think the kids end up finishing out the season in an all-out battle with each other. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I I don't think we're going to end with any of them, any of the kids coming out on top. Well, we better not. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> None of them deserve it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that... I've always I've always thought it would be a really funny conclusion if in the end Jerry somehow ends up controlling everything or Carl who's Carl he's the oh yeah the other guy yeah <laughs> the helpful guy um well we'll do a finale check-in after it ends because I think yeah the show deserves that from us sure we've put a lot of time into yeah it. so stay tuned for that we'll be back next week thanks so much for listening bye